Guys, welcome back to another another episode of the Ico Joker podcast. Hope you're all doing well and staying safe. So, this weekend it seems that it's going to be Bellator's turn to keep us entertained in the fight world, or at least keep us uh, fight fans entertained for this weekend. Uh, the UFC have their next event in the next weekend. And, uh, yeah, I think this will be the first Bellator um, event for 2021. The last one they had was sometime back in um, the ending of 2020. <laughs> So I get get straight into Bellator 255. Um, looking at the main cards, and there's only one fight coming from the preliminary from the preliminary card. So we've got Patricia Ferreira uh, Pitbull versus Emmanuel Sanchez. So looking at um, Pat- Patricio's last fight, which was at Bellator 252. Excuse me, guys. Just adjusting the gain of my interface. Excuse me. So looking at uh, Ferreira's uh, last fight against. Um, Pedro Cavalho at Bellator 252. Cavalho, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I can understand the reason why they call Patricio the Pitbull, or his, why his nickname is Patricio Pitbull Ferreira. You know, he's very explosive. You know, he moves well. His grappling is good. His ground game is good. And, and he seems to be the sort of fighter that can, can absorb shots pretty well from his opponent. Um, you know, look. In this fight against Pedro, he took a knee from Pedro, and he, you know, he didn't really, wasn't really faced by the by the attack. And you know, his stand up is is really good. His striking seems really powerful, which I think is the reason why, which not not, which I think, in my opinion, that's that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, they call him the pit bull. You know, it's really really explosive, really precise, precise, and quite ferocious. And that's why he did win by a knockout. And his record stands at 31 wins and 4 losses, which uh, 31 wins, that's out of a total of 35 fights. That's uh, that's pretty damn good. And hopefully when this fight at Bellator 255, that adding to that will make it 32 wins. Now his opponent, Emil Sanchez, um, the last fight he had at Bellator 252, also against Daniel Wachol, or Wachol, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, guys. Um, he does seem like an explosive, fiery, um, fiery an explosive, fiery source of fighter. Uh, he's quite domineering, as he can stay, keep his opponent in one place and just attack them, take them apart there, and in just one particular spot in the octagon. And you know he ca- seems to be like um, Ferrari can also ca- uh, can absorb and handle an attack. He can absorb, he can handle shots quite well himself. And you know, looking at his fight, you know, looking at his fight with uh, Wachel, you know, he fought like a warrior. He didn't gas out once or so you know he you know he held his ground for for the whole fight basically and uh his own record stands at 20 wins and four losses so that although i do know that they don't always gauge it by how many wins or losses you have in the in the mixed martial arts world it's usually not just by that anyway but they also gauge it by how entertaining you are how you fight how you finish a fight you know how you perform all, all, all overall not just whether you win or lose because even sometimes if you do lose if you fought a really good fight that still earned you some points you know you still get quite a lot of respects excuse me from the fight from the fight fans and uh you know that, that does help your career um but out of these two who i think would win i think i could say it will be close but i think because they're evenly matched uh but i think Patricio Ferreira still has the slight upper hand in that he his his ground game's really really good. You know, he's really uh he's a really good wrestler and a good grappler. So I think in that respect, 
you know, it, I think it will be a close fight, but I think uh, Patricio Pitbull will be taking the win here. But, you know, again, uh, that's my honest opinion. But, you know, in, in anything, you know, who knows what could happen on fight day, on fight night, rather. Moving on, uh, Newman Gracie versus John... F- no, Neiman Gracie versus Jason Jackson. Um, so Neiman Gracie, a member of the uh, of the well known Gracie family, um, who are very well known in, in mixed martial arts, especially b- b- uh, because of their Brazilian Jiu Jitsu um, academy that they, that they have, and the fact that the um, the family, um, every single member of the family, are involved in in um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, in Taekwondo, in Judo, you know in the, that era of, of combat sports they're very well known for that so well the point I'm making that Neiman Gracie he's a particular fighter or member of the Gracie family that I've never heard of before anyway looking at his own performance uh, the last fight that I just they say the only um, a fighter's only as good as his or her last fight so that's kind of like what I'm kind of like what I'm going by but I mean it's not just the only I'm just not only just looking at their, their um their um uh, their last fight. I'm just looking at just as many fights as possible, but I'm looking at the one where, whereby I see that this is where they fought the best, and it's the most recent fight. I mean, not not something that's just that's too old. I say a year old, two or three years old, because I think um after that time, after maybe three or four years has passed, and uh, probably yeah, after three or four years has passed, more than likely their fighting has changed, or it has improved, or <laughs> for one reason or the other maybe it's gotten worse but when he fought John Fisher Bellator 246 you know his his stand up looked pretty good um, his grappling and his wrestling his ground game uh, looks um, really uh, really impressive and uh, he can, can defend himself well against a clinch and uh, a takedown he's also good from what I could see when he fought John Fitch he was also very good at keeping Fitch on the floor on the ground controlling his opponent and um, his ground game was really good, and he won this fight by submission, what, what they call the heel hook. First time I've, I've ever heard of that of that move. Um, but I say, what I was going to say in comparison to, um, well, now before I get to that, Jason Jackson, um, who's going to who is going to be his opponent at Bellator two fifty five. Now, when he fought Benson Henderson at Bellator 253, stand-up was good, striking looked uh, impressive, and um, from what I could see in that fight, he does have to, he does appear to, uh, does appear comes across as quite a dominate, domineering, dominating fighter. So, you know, um, tracks his opponent, tracks his tracks his opponent. I'm not going to go and say anything that's really un- unnecessary, but tracks his opponent pretty well, keeps in one spot in the octagon and uh just takes him apart um, there and then um as for the both of these guys i'd say that because of gracie's ground game seems to be really really good um i'd say we probably have the upper hand here he has 10 his record stands at 10 wins and just one single loss which is okay that's that's pretty good um i'd say he'd have the upper hand out these two guys because of his ground game i mean for me your stand-up will help but it's my own personal opinion and I've always been encouraged to give my own personal opinion on, on my podcast because it's my podcast um, if your stand-up is good that's great it would help but if your take for me if your takedowns are good and if they're even better than, to the fact to the extent that you can keep your opponent on the floor 
and control them there and get them to submission, potentially win the fight, get them to tap out, um, then I believe you've got the upper hand because I think a takedown and your ground game, basically, if you're trying to grapple and wrestle with your opponent and trying to win, that's far tougher and far much more challenging than having a good stand-up and just, you know, um, you know, um, striking and uh, performing left hooks and and uppercuts uh, whilst you're on your feet. I say that because, you know, when you're when you're standing up and striking and um, delivering the shots, that's a lot easier. You have the advantage of moving out of the way, being evasive to avoid being attacked. But when you're in the ground, unfortunately, you can't do that. So when you're in your ground, you've got to be far more tactical and far a lot smarter and make sure. And you've got to hope that whether your wrestling and your jiu-jitsu and your grappling is good, like your overall ground game is good, good enough to get you out of that situation, or at least. At the very least, get you into, get you into position whilst you're in that situation where you can have an easy win for a submission or whatever. So in that case, I'd say Neiman Gracie will win. But again, like I said for the first fight with uh, Freire and um, Freire and Sanchez, hopefully you know. Um, like I said with the first fight, I um, it's my opinion that Gracie will win. But like I said with the first fight, who knows what will happen in the fight night. So, moving up, still on on the card, we have Jack May versus Tyrell 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 Fortune. Now, Jack May is a fighter who I've never heard of before, and uh, when it comes to Bellator MMA, I have to say that a lot of the fighters in this um, organization, from what I can see, they're actually unknown quantities and unknown uh, individuals in terms of the just how well a, a particular fighter is in the um, sport of mixed martial arts and in the sport in the overall combat sporting world. Uh, but I think if if you if they are in the UFC, then there's a better chance of them being known, even though they're still at the lower end of the overall ranking for the, for the game. So Jack May, looking at his first or his last fight or his most recent fight with an opponent who was known as Carl Noblet or Carl Noblet or Carl Nublet N-O-B-L-I-T-T now his last fight was an X-double-M-A um, must have been acronym for a particular I, that's the name of the, of the promotion but this was just the beginning of this year January 30th 2021 in that fight I did play, pay close attention to his performance uh, takedowns were good his ground game his grappling was good and you know he's good at turning a clinch into a take. And I think in this fight, I saw he did it twice, and it was really impressive how he did it. And uh, his record is eleven wins and seven losses. His opponent, Tyrell Fortune, is going to be fighting at Bellator two fifty five. Um, he looked uh, when he was fighting his um, at his most recent fight with Timothy Johnson. When he was fighting Johnson, he looks to be a bit more patient, a bit more calculating uh, with his stand up. And uh, he's quite an evasive fighter. He can move move well. His record stands at nine wins and just one loss. Um, so I think overall he does have maybe a slightly better record than um, uh, than his opponent Jack May. Although Jack May looks, of course, seems his eleven wins and seven losses overall. That's more fights gone under your belt. So maybe he has more experience and, of course, may have more losses. So he's learned a lot more. But um, but in my honest opinion out of the two guys, who do I think would win? Do, 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 do I think it'll be a close one because the fact that um, Fortune can move really well will help. 
um, it'll be close. But I think if Jack May can get um for if May can get Fortune into a takedown and control him th- and can control him there and get a submission in, then you know he has that upper hand. So I think it might be close, but I think May again, in my own personal opinion, because I believe that if your grind game is good, it really really does help you. Um, I think May may have the uh, may take the win away from this one, but let's see what happens. And uh, moving on, we have Usman Nurmagomedov versus Mike uh, Mike Hamill. So this is going to be almost like a a half-assed opinion that I'm going to give. It's going to be my honest opinion, but I'm not even sure if I, I should give this opinion give my opinion uh, because I've not seen the other guys fighting so I'm not sure if I can actually give an opinion without sounding foolish or biased or naive not knowing what I'm talking about now if I say that honestly because I don't like to, I like to put out my honest opinion instead of putting out bullshit so um, I've not really seen too much of Mike Hamill I've not even really heard of him but I do know of Usman Namagodov the surname gives <laughs> gives away a lot obviously he's a cousin of Khabib who is a um very well, I don't need to tell you who Khabib is if you're really well invested in this sport. So he's a cousin of Khabib, um, and his fact the Namagoda family, those who are, are mixed martial arts athletes, of course, they're known for their wrestling, their ground game is really, really good. Of course, you know, I think where they come from in Dagestan and Russia, they're trained to wrestle, they practice wrestling, they learn wrestling by wrestling with bears. So that does, of course, that really does help. <laughs> But looking at Usman's uh, last fight that he had with, uh, which was with, with Jerry Kovastrom, Kovastrom, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, he looked very domineering. Stand up was very good, and you know, again, you know, um, he takes after the other members of his family. His ground game was on point. Now I'm not sure whether he'd win or lose against Michael Hamill because I've not seen Mike, <laughs> Mike Hamill's um, uh, any of Mike Hamill's previous fights, so. I'm not going to say who's going to win or lose in that one, but if it went in the direction of Namagodov, if Namagodov was to win this fight, I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, again, having that, um, if you're that ta- if you're really talented with your grind game, whilst if you're really good on the floor, you're wrestling, you're grappling, um, clinches, you know that I know that really does help and it's really beneficial. It's it's harder to get out of, get out of a takedown uh, than it is to uh, it, than it is compared to how you'll be performing when you're striking. Um, that's my honest opinion. So I won't... I will not give my opinion on that fight until... what well, really, I can't say anything else until, <laughs> until fight night. But for that one, if it was to go in the direction of Namagedov of Usman, I wouldn't, be su- I wouldn't be surprised if he won. That's really the point I'm making that. <clears throat> so... Do, do, so Roger Huerta Roger Huerta Huerta versus Chris Gonzalez now I do know Roger Huerta he fought in the UFC made his debut sometime in 2007 um, so I'm wondering why he's on the pre- on the preliminary card instead of the main card now not that it should mean anything but I mean if he fought in the UFC then he must be really really good so I would have thought that you know he would have been on the main card instead of being on the preliminary card. But, okay, it is what it is. Now, his last fight, which was against Hayden Hassan, and I didn't get the specifics of the of the uh, um, specific time or 
the specific event where it was, whether it was in Bellator, the UFC, or, or one championship, wherever it was. But it was against Hayden, um, Hader, Hader, Hassan, and Huerta's stand up was good. He can move well. He's quite. He's good at being evasive, especially. Excuse me, especially when it comes to avoiding being hit and avoiding taking you sort of attacks that can of course um help your opponent um slow slow you down so that you know for their own, uh, for their own advantage um his record stands at 24 wins and 12 losses his opponent John Gonzalez uh, his um last fight I say his last fight but from what I can see I think he's a fairly new fighter he's only had three fights and so there's one fight that should have taken place, but that was cancelled. I think that was sometime in 2019 or 2020. Ooh. No, I'm making a mistake. I could be wrong, but what I wrote down, no, what I, what I got was his last fight was actually in 2016. No, I'm not wrong with anything. His last fight was in 2016. I think the fight that should have happened after that was cancelled. So... Gonzalez hasn't fought for a while and um, when he's back in the ring up against Huerta um, I think he might he might um, if he doesn't underperform I think that might be a case of ring of what they call ring rust uh, but we'll see what happens uh, of course looking at Huerta's record he's very good um, Gonzalez hasn't fought in a long while so um, he might not perform as, um, as well as he as any as anyone backing him um hopes he would perform. Um but uh who would I think would win? Maybe to be honest, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. Who else I think this is a sort of game that I've heard some people say it's something I agree with and it's something I can relate to. If you've not done something for a long time, especially when it's something that requires you to practice and practice and practice and practice that craft so many times. If you've not done it in for a long, long while I'm talking about not just weeks or months but in years then I believe it will affect your ability to perform at that particular standard when you come back to doing whatever it is it's not necessarily even combat sports or sports altogether just anything at all that requires you to any sort of skill that requires you to practice and practice and practice that craft on a daily basis if you've left that skill that craft for a long while you come back to it after a long while after a long time of not doing it, then it will affect, you know, your the, the way you do it, your performance will be affected. At least that's my own personal belief, and I can tell you that from experience. Okay, so... Do, do, do. I don't know those heart cards. Oh, so I have. So, I mean, for the guys that I did check out, I mean, that's uh, my... Um, <laughs> That is my um, own opinion about who's going to win. Um, the other guys on, on the main card got one big difference I can say between Bellas and the UFC is that a lot of the guys are not well, are not that well. So I'm not sure if they may be looking if I'm not if I'm not looking in the right places. But I've checked many just so I've checked all all the platforms and I just I can't find any footage of any of the guys the other guys on the fighting on the card just of their past fights just so I can give my own honest opinion about who my own honest pure blunt opinion about who I think would win so these are the guys that who I could um, who I could come across some content about um, their past fights if it was the UFC the UFC's um, the UFC their athletes 
There always seems to be an abundance of their past fights everywhere. All right, but moving on. Um, this is something that I always vowed that I would never talk about in my podcast, but unfortunately the um, issue has become so so mainstream that and the date the date april 17th 2021 is edging closer and closer and closer now it's the second of april it's now the morning of second of april and we're here in the uk as i'm recording this um ben Askren versus jake paul now up until the uh, press conference which is really the the stuff i'm going to talk about um about at this point in my podcast up until the press conference um, between these two that took place just a few days, um, a few days ago, most people, including myself, um, I want not well. I say including myself, but no. I, let me just talk about myself. I've always wanted uh, Ben Askren to uh, Ben Askren to because I've never liked Jake Paul, and when I've heard that it's going to come into, that he came to boxing, I was like, okay, fine. But now I've I now he's talking about or he had been speaking about venturing into the um, MMA market and fighting some top mixed martial arts athletes that's why I became really really um should I say curious no more so I'll more say annoyed because I don't like his character you know he just comes across as boastful arrogant and really brash and he's, he comes across as the sort of person that's just an attention-seeking whore always wants to do something not necessarily because it take it he takes it seriously not because he necessarily cares about what he's doing but because he wants people to look, he just wants the attention. He wants people to look at him, and to, well, not even necessarily to like him, but just you know, give whatever he's doing attention. Because through that, he you know he gains attention, and potentially when you have so many eyeballs on something or someone, you know they can make a living out of it. So um, you know, and that's how he's made his living by just being on YouTube and making all these videos about doing stupid pranks and just stupid silly stuff, and um, you know him going into the combat sporting world i think i agree with the opinion of many people um even people those um uh, combat sporting uh, veteran athletes such as mike tyson and uh, floyd mayweather has floyd mayweather said this probably not but i know mike tyson has said has said something like this but him coming into the sport at least into the combat sporting world altogether it does degrade the sport because he's someone who hasn't who and you may not agree with me with, with me when I say this, but it's my own opinion that someone like Jake Paul, in comparison to other boxers who are even younger than him or around the same age as him or even older than him, but not too old that they've uh, they're reaching the retirement age of the sports anyway. But he hasn't earned the strike. He hasn't really earned his stripes the same way the other guys have earned their stripes, and he hasn't been through what they've been through. Um, he hasn't worked his way up through the rankings, you know, that sort of thing, to even earn the sort of pay-per-views that, you know, they, they rightfully should right, rightfully should earn. You know, he's... Would I say he's gaining recognition? No. Not, in the, not for the right reasons, anyway. But back to the point of... Um, bring, of the, well, I'm talking about this in the first place. The press conference. Now, the press conference, um, there's a lot there's lots of silly, unnecessary things that he did. Um, the first thing that he did, of course, was he went to look for Ben Askren, him and his um, group of minions, as people call them, the group of his yes-men. They all went to look for Ben Askren, and Ben Askren was breaking one part of the venue with his wife, Amy Askren, and they're just waiting there, I think, to be called to the press conference. And the only reason why Jake Paul went there, I think, maybe was to insult and disrespect um, Ben Askren in front of his wife. 
and uh, that didn't ruffle the feathers of Ben Askren at all. Um, just wore for ducks, ducks back for him. But I think where things where people really were could tell could see telltale signs of mental and physical weakness, but more so mental weakness than physical than physical weakness was at the press conference itself, where there should have been some trash talking, but there's more trash talking coming from coming from Jake Paul, if you can call it trash talking anyway. Jake Paul did look like someone who was out of his depth. He looked like someone who had realised that what they've gone into, what they've signed up for, was probably they got more than what they bargained for. You know, they're, they're punching above their weight because he looked really uncomfortable. And the sort of stuff he was saying to Ben Askren seemed really... Um, it made it made Jake Paul come across as some sort of petulant, petulant idiot, you know. And it was at that point that I suddenly realised this is my own personal opinion, and I keep having to say that that that's when I realised. Mm, I think I've got a good feeling that this guy probably again looks like someone who has suddenly realised that he's gone gotten himself into something that he probably can see as a big mistake on his part anyway, because Ben Askren looks cool and collected and calm. Jake Paul, for me, from what I could see, immediately that after that conference, I thought, hmm, I think Ben Askren could actually win this because his opponent doesn't seem mentally ready. His opponent doesn't seem mentally strong. His opponent doesn't seem physically strong because even after the after the exchange of words, they still had like an you know a small altercation whereby Ben Askren just pushed pushed um, Jake Paul's face and then Jake Paul just reacted by just uh, I think slapping. Um, Ben's Ben Askren's hip or spanking <laughs> like sort of like semi spanking his ass or something you know like a hard slap I, mean, I don't know what it was and they tried to shove Ben Askren and the whole thing just looked ridiculous and Jake Paul came across as looking weak and pathetic and you know from looking at how he reacted from how uncomfortable he looked while sitting in, in that chair during the press conference you know you, you could tell that um, Ben Askren had penetrated his um had gone inside um, Jake Paul's mind and uh, somehow it worked because unless if Jake Paul was putting on an, an act just to pretend well he must have done he did that really really well but I'm not convinced that that is how he was thinking whilst he was sat in that church during that press conference I genuinely genuinely believe that um, he you know he probably realises that this is not um this is not he realized that he's out of his debt that this is not what he signed up for and um this is something that uh, probably he has realized there's still so much learning he has to there's so much he has to, more, more he has to learn because i'll also point out that his last two opponents his last two boxing match opponents they weren't proper combat sports athletes and even though okay this is boxing ben Askren is a proper is a professional, world-renowned uh, combat sports athlete. That's, uh, in the case, or at least in mixed martial arts, his striking isn't great. I've seen that. I can agree that his striking is is awful. Hopefully, he's been working on that. Uh, despite all the videos he's been putting on Instagram, on Twitter, and elsewhere on social media, um, hopefully, he's been working on that. And the videos he's putting out is just for show, uh, and he will surprise everybody in the, on the seventeenth of April. Um, but Ben Askren is a, you know, he's a professional mixed martial arts athlete. Uh, he's a pro- le- Okay, let me not use the term mixed martial arts athlete. He's a professional combat sports athlete. If you if you overlook his striking capability, 
and uh, Jake Paul hasn't fought a proper a combat sports athlete, which and you know he even said he's a, a success successful um, like boxer, and I even was even I didn't I was like, well, what do you mean you're a successful boxer? You're not. You just fought. You just had two wins, and those two wins were against people who who are not proper boxers themselves, and so not proper professional boxers themselves. So I don't think that really counts for anything. It doesn't count for much. It doesn't count for anything at all. So for me, my opinion is that, yes, Ben Askren, I'm going to put my stake on this. Even though on the night of April 17th, then on the following morning, April 18th, it could turn out that I could be wrong. And if anyone's going to go by what I'm saying, and they're going to place money on Ben Askren winning, like Dana White said he's going to place $1 million, $1 million, $1 million US dollars on Ben Askren winning this boxing match, um, you know, if I'm wrong, then I'm if uh, Jake Paul wins, okay, I'm wrong. I'll be eating my words. And my God, Ben Askren. There already people in the in the combat sports would already think a, a certain way of Ben Askren because of his striking just isn't up isn't up to a certain level what it needs to be um, to uh, to be a good mixed martial arts athlete um, uh, to be a well rounded mixed martial arts, arts athlete. You know, a bulk of um, Ben Askren's success in MMA has come from his wrestling. He's a really good wrestler. His grind game is is excellent, superb. But, you know, we just have to wait and see what happens on April 17th. I personally believe that Ben Askren will win. Um, you know, he doesn't talk that... He doesn't seem to be the sort of person that talks that much. Um, and for me personally, I believe that from past experience as well, I, I think I can safely say that the person that talks the most usually has the least to offer. And another point I was just saying to someone else that was talking about this um, thing that happened at the press conference. You know, if Jake Paul generally, generally did, um, uh, if he did um, uh, feel really uncomfortable, if that wasn't an act, then I personally do believe that, um, you know, um, it's just added on. And if he's going to go ahead with this, if he's going to go through with this, with this fight come April 17th, it just adds more pressure because if he does lose his fight, if he does lose his, lose his boxing match against um, Ben Askren, Ben Askren will receive far more, a lot more respect in um, the um, combat sports world, especially in the community of MMA. Jake Paul, I don't think, and it's my own genuine blunt opinion, I don't think he'll ever be able to live this down. The embarrassment will just be too much. No one will want to hear his name ever, ever again, even Dana White, because you know, all the fights that Jake Paul's been asking for with, um, okay, maybe not Dylan Dennis, but with Khabib and uh, Conor McGregor, with Michael Bisping and all the other people um, that are still in the UFC. You know, Dana White, of course, even though those people, those athletes may agree to fight him, of course, it has to be, um, has to be finalised by Dana White. I mean, he's the owner of the UFC and he's their boss. So um, if he does lose this, that's it. I think his um, his um, say his um, I think his career, his short-lived career in combat sports altogether, will be he'll be done. That's it. It'll be over. You will never hear of his name ever again. And it's not just in the sports thing, but also in the social media world, especially on YouTube. Though for me, I don't really consider YouTube YouTube to be a social media platform as such. Um. In, as a YouTuber, I think he'll he'll also receive a lot of embarrassment there as well. You know, just because you know how people talk on the internet, what things that they say, they believe that people think behind the screen you can just say or do whatever you like. But you know, 
just overall, the point I'm making is that he will receive so much embarrassment. He just will never, ever, ever be able to live it down. But April 17th, let's see what happens. Now, the other point I want to move on and talk about is John Jones. Now, John Jones, you know, the fight for um, that, um, the next fight that everyone's talking about now is the um, John Jones facing Francis Ngannou um, after Ngannou's win against uh, Stipe Miocic Miocic at UFC 260. Um, It was an awesome fight, great fight. Um, They're saying, both sides are saying they want the fight to happen. Francis Ngannou's up for it. John Jones is up for it up for it and I said that the fight will happen and that I don't see any issues coming from Francis and Garni's side and the only side I can potentially see issues coming from is John Jones because as you know as I was saying as I was saying and when I started speaking to someone on my Instagram DMs John Jones there's a lot of things that people take into account okay finally so I had a long history you know of wins in the UFC, UFC. I think I think a record of at least 20 plus wins probably even more but there's definitely more wins than losses on his in his record excuse me so my mouth's just getting a bit dry I sweat my throat a little bit so um as I said before the issue if if I can see any issues coming from anywhere I believe solely that would come from the side of John Jones because of there's the issue of the controversy with the failed drugs drugs tests and um, even outside the Oxygen there's always been something going on the altercations he's had with the um, with the police uh, because of you know the accidents he had like the um, the um, incident he had back in 2015 had a car accident with a pregnant lady who was driving the other vehicle he ran away from the scene the other lady she broke her arm he only came back to the scene to collect three arsons from his car and he was gone again you know the fr- and you know back again to the um to the issue of steroids now he's asking for more money he's demanding 50 million dollars for this fight um which is crazy now it's my own personal opinion that certain fighters in, in well let's say for the UFC I've not I've not really heard of this happening in any other organizations and I've not heard of it happening in one championship or in Bellator or in PFL as far as I know but um you know it does seem that there's a saying that my uncle once told me whatever the prince wants the prince gets you know certain fighters in the UFC um when they ask for certain things somehow they always get their way conor mcgregor is a very very good example a really good example you know when they ask for certain things it you know he when he is asked for certain things day in the worst or even though he's done it begrudgingly he has always been forthcoming and given conor mcgregor what he wants nate diaz has no trouble poisoning in pointing this out but he's right you know conor mcgregor seems to be notorious for always getting his own way whatever happens um so do I think that John Jones should get $50 million for this fight? Mm, well, first of all, it'll be a huge, huge fight. Massive, massive event. The pay-per-view numbers will be through the roof. Um, now, I've been hearing from other sources such as um, DC Cromia and Eric Hawani, their own podcast, and they were right. Not to say that their opinion is my opinion, but I think they do um, make a good point that even though the UFC may not agree to a figure of $50 million, they have to work something out because they have to also think about themselves, you know, their business first before anything else. So they also have to consider the fact that 
that you know if this fight was to go ahead you know it would actually spell big numbers for them they would earn a lot of money but of course as a fighter as an athlete and i said this before in the sports of mixed martial arts and i think in combat sports in general nobody really cares about you so you really have to be selfish um sometimes and you know you have to toot your own horn now do i think the he should get 50 million dollars probably not okay well i'm kind of split on this i'm sitting on the fence he probably should in the sense that because of his record 26 wins and he's just had one loss this is what i could see i always say this is what i could see from wikipedia 26 wins and just one loss i think one loss and i think another no contest so i can i can see the how he believes he you know should he should um be deserving of of that sort of salary for this fight should he win um but on the same on the same on the flip side I can also see why he shouldn't be entitled to this sort of salary. Um, you know, there's the contra- controversy surrounding the PEDs, his behaviour outside of the Octagon, although that shouldn't really um, have too much bearing on what he does for a living, which is um, a fight, which is, you know, um, fighting, uh, which is being a fighter, basically. Um, and also, what else can I think of? The, yeah, there's the the steroids and um the well yes the other point i want to come i want to put out there was basically if he asked for this sort of money i think and this is my own opinion and i'm gonna say it if he asked for this sort of salary but what about the next time that he wins if he does win this fight against Ngani, what what sort of salary will he ask for in the next fight if he does if he still wants to stay for, with the UFC and then he's he's won so many times and he's earned so much money you know he already has has more than enough so he's set for life for himself and his family so i think it says a president uh, a president um not just for himself but also for the other fighters as well because i'm sure conor mcgregor's turned around in the past a few times before in the past and demand a certain extra extravagant figure salary wise from dana from dana white and I'm sure in the future other fighters could follow suit as well. So I'm kind of split on this 50 50. Uh, should he get the sort of salary, or sh- and I've given my reasons why. And he sh- should shouldn't he should he should he get the salary? Yes, these are my reasons why. And no, he shouldn't get the salary, and these are my reasons why also. So that's I'm split on this. You know, that's my take. Um. So yeah, guys, take it for it is. So I know that by the time this podcast goes live, goes live on YouTube and on other platforms, it might be very late, especially for the Bellator 255 um, event. Um, I'm not going to say that... I'm not, okay, I've noticed that Bellator fights, and I think I've said this before in the past, they don't really get the sort of recognition they deserve because the organisation does have some really good really t- and really talented fighters, even though those fighters have never been in the UFC. Um, you know they're really i've seen them fight they're really good they're really entertaining grind games their grind game is good their stand their stand-up's really good as well but really really what but but what's really really bugs me especially from what what i can see um during the fights and even after the fights if you want to see any recaps any highlights you from my own experience you know i can barely see any recordings of footage or clips from any Bellator event, and I think it's quite unfair to the organization because they do have some really good fighters. They do, they generally do. I can see that for myself, and you know, they, the company just doesn't get the recognition they deserve. You know, so you know, on that side, 
on that side, it's pretty unfair. The UFC, you know, even though they've got the stardom power, they've got that sort, you know, they because they've built up the sport from the scratch, they were the first promoting, um, they were the first, the first fighting promotional organization, I think, is it in the US or the world, but they're the biggest, basically. But, you know, I've seen that most of their fights, even for their, their top-ranking fighters, their fights are not always entertaining. But because it's the UFC, you always see, a, you know, you always see the name of that fighter splash all over the internet. But I just want to make that point, guys, that Bellasaur, despite the fact that they may not be as popular, and despite the fact that they don't have that sort of wow-pulling power whenever, whenever they host an event, you know, they do have some good fighters, and some of their events are really, really underrated, you know. I can see that they don't get that well-deserved recognition. But guys, I think I've ranted enough for, what is it, 40 minutes now. I think it's long enough. So um, again, my opinions for what I've covered in this podcast, please take it for what it is. Um, I hope Ben Askren wins this fight. I really, really hope he does because he'll gain so much he'll, so much more respect in the mixed martial arts community and the combat sports um, world community. And he'll be doing everyone a favour by, favor by shutting up Jake Paul who will never, ever be able to live down this embarrassment. The embarrassment will just be too much for him. His short-lived career in combat sports will be over before it's even started. And, um, yeah, um, I look forward to the Bellator 255 um, fights. And the John Jones situation, mm, I'm still on the fence um, about that one. But, guys, if you like the video, if you like enjoy the podcast on YouTube, please don't forget to leave a like. Please do subscribe. If you enjoy my content and you can follow me on Instagram, my name is IcoJarko1, Twitter, my name is IcoJarko, and also listen on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and soon Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.